All right, church fam. So good, so good. Uh, children, you could go to children's ministry. You are excused. The kids are always the example of how to come to church, sprinting with great excitement. <laughs> Glad you guys are all here. My name's Jason, if you don't know. Oh, good to see you. Um, gosh, what a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I want you to be mine. I want you to be mine. <laughs> I think I'm just going to jump in today, if that's okay with you guys. Um, yeah, is that cool? We'll do announcements at the end, and we'll get all that good stuff. Um, so this has been a great quarter, a very full quarter for me. I've uh, been really thankful for what God is doing. And, uh, you know, I've been praying this week, and then it got confirmed a few times, but I felt like God is doing friendship. And I've heard a few of you tell me that, and I felt like the Spirit was speaking that about a month ago, that God is a good friend. And the more that we learn the friendship of Him, the more that we're able to do friendship well with others. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, you know, as something I just kind of keep hearing and seeing. Um, but we are talking about Hebrews today. Come on. I'm back. Hallelujah. Uh, different guest speakers, other people. I'm signed up to preach, and then someone comes. I'm like, all right, no worries. You can preach. Um, but I'm happy to be back in, in this place. Uh, so, Father, we just say thank you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you want to say to us, what you want to speak to us. God, thank you that you are a faithful father. Jesus, we just say, reveal who you are to us today. God, whatever picture we have of you that's not an accurate picture, or maybe it's half colored in, that you would just color the picture for us. God, that you put your color on it. God, that you would remind us of first love. God, you remind us of the words you said over us, but we can say right back to you. You're altogether beautiful, and there's no blemish in you. And Jesus, we just want to say that back to you today, your very word. You are altogether beautiful, and there is no blemish in this man. We love you, God. Amen, amen. Um, so there's no joke today on Hebrews. Wow. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just wait. Wait. Okay. Oh, see, that was a, that was a low blow, but it's, it's okay. I mean, you could only grind a joke so much. Did I say grind? I meant milk a joke so much. Hebrews. I'm still alive, Clark. The haters are out there, but I'm still alive. It feels good. Whoo! Persecution's real. I will love these enemies, and I will pray for those that are persecuting. Good times. Um... So yeah, I'm going to be speaking off of the last two weeks. So if you haven't been here, two weeks ago, Mark spoke on the Jesus being our, our high priest. 
Um, and then last week we heard about Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And for me, both of these um, were super good words. Uh, but the burden I feel like I've been carrying this week in light of those two messages is just the knowledge of Jesus, is knowing the tenderness of Jesus, knowing the heart of Jesus. Like, why would Mary, and I love the invitation of sitting at his feet, but why would Mary sit at the feet of Jesus? Why wouldn't she go up and make some lunch, right? Jesus is here, but she decides, no, I'm going to stay in this place, and I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. And I want us to be a family that aches to know God. I don't know how to increase passion for God or desire for God, which is why I pray for it often. I know there's things I can do from reading the word and fasting and other things, but like so much of it you can only do in your own strength. You know what I mean? Like it takes God to love God, somebody. It takes God to know God. Like you can't just force that on yourself. But I'm a big proponent, like you can get close to the bonfire, but you can't make the fire. And, and I just see in the life of Mary, because we heard it last week, like she knew Jesus in a way that would cause her to say, I'm just going to stay here at his feet. Before I go deeper in that, I want to give you guys a little story of something went down about um, nine months ago. Oh my gosh, my daughter melts my heart. Um, oh, let there be light. And there was light. So nine months ago, um, one of my kids, uh, you know, was using the bathroom upstairs and they clogged the, the toilet. And we're in a house that's 115 years old, maybe older, I don't even know. But it has cast iron uh, pipes, you know. So when the toilet clogged, it actually sent the water back and then one of the pipes was either loose or it wasn't tightened. And so uh, the toilet's right over my kitchen and brown stuff was coming from the ceiling into my kitchen. <laughs> That's not a good day. Uh, it got kind of worse because there was like a light fixture, like one of these, but a lot smaller. And the light fixture was starting to fill up with brown water. And I'm like, oh, oh Lord. There's a saying, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Like a good neighbor, Mike Becchio was there. So see how I build you up from the front. Thank you. Um, but Mike has always pulled my, uh, he, how do you like to say it when you come over? You pull my ox out of the ditch? Yeah. yeah, Mike's handy, so he's always doing stuff for me. So anyway, he came over, popped that light off, um, and then we put a Home Depot bucket there. Anyway, we had, uh, we had this company come in, and they literally ripped off the whole ceiling in my kitchen, uh, to be able to fix it. And these guys were Hispanic, you know, and, um, and to be able to talk to them, I was able to talk to the foreman once and he talked English, but these two guys, like they had an app and they would speak into the app and then they'd hand me the phone. I'd speak in the app. You know, it, it was not translating that great. I bet there was a better app for this. Uh, we were trying as best as we could <laughs> to connect. Um, but, you know, over these five days, like, I had minimal relationship with these guys. Minimal interaction with these guys. And they did great work. And I feel like in some ways, this could be our relationship with God. Where he's cleaning up our crap. Yes, Lord. But we don't always know him. Right? We're thankful for the work he's done. 
We thankful for what he's given us, that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But sometimes we don't always know who he is. And the invitation has always been to know him, to really know him. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 that he was compelled by the love of Jesus. Somebody, I mean somebody, like this man was literally compelled by love. And that version says he was controlled by the love of God. In the book of Philippians 3, he says he considers it's all rubbish, all his things he's done for the Lord, all his past, all those things, that he may gain Christ. And that word rubbish means cow dung. It literally, it didn't mean anything to him in comparison to knowing Jesus. I just want to pause for a sec. I love you too, girl. She knows dad. She knows dad. And when she knows dad, her, light, her face lights up when she sees me. Her countenance changes. I'm probably the second best person in her life. Once she's cut off from the milk supply, I'll be the best. (laughs) But there's something when you know Jesus, when you know Jesus, it changes your countenance. It changes the way you see life. It puts color on things that didn't have color on them before. Charles Spurgeon one of the greatest preachers of all time, preached in the 1800s. So many testimonies from his ministry. Listen to this, guys. He pointed out this, that in 89 chapters of the gospel, there's 89 chapters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's only one place in those entire four gospels that Jesus would reveal his heart, that he would put it on display. And when he does, guys, he doesn't say, It's a distant and cold heart. It's a stoic heart. He doesn't even say good things. It's a generous heart. It's a joyful heart, which it was. But let's put up this verse because I want us to grab hold of this. Because when Jesus wanted us to know his heart, one time only, he put it very clearly to us in words. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, other versions say lowly, but I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Guys, this should grab us. That the very heart of our God, the very heart of the cosmos, the God that makes the cosmos and comes to earth and puts on flesh, he's revealing himself as gentle, as lowly, as humble, and meek and accessible to us. This is good news. This is really good news. And another place in the, in the Gospels, it says the kids wanted to come to Jesus, but the disciples were like, nah. But Jesus was like, bring the kids to me. Kids have a way of like discerning things. Like they don't have words for it, but they can pick up on when people are safe, when people are loving, 
when there's a place of approachability. Like literally the kids were like, we can go to Jesus. Guys, is the Jesus you have tender? Is he gentle? Is he lowly of heart? Is he approachable? Is he meek? Because this is the Jesus that he wanted to reveal to humanity, that this is who I am, that in all the gospel accounts, you know, I'm the light of the world, I'm the door, I'm the shepherd. He says all these other things, but when he wanted to put it in plain English that we couldn't miss who he was, he says, I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. And in that Jesus, there's actually rest for one soul. Guys, I'm thankful for my ceiling in my uh, kitchen. It's all painted. Can't even tell. Something went south. Thankful for the cross. Thankful that my sins are forgiven. But I want to know the heart of God. I want to know him. Not just what he's done, but like who Jesus really is. And hear this, guys. Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means the Jesus that was on earth that said this is the same Jesus that's in heaven. There's no different Jesus right now. It's the same Jesus that was saying this from earth and showing people this is who I am. The one who's still majestic and lifted up and high and holy is still the gentle and lowly of heart that we still have access to. Somebody, anybody. Mm. Guys, in Hebrew culture, the heart was everything. It was the center. It's, it's, it's who you really are. Proverbs 4.23, watch over your heart with all diligence. From it flows the springs of life. It's the very center of this thing. Gandhi once said, let me not mess it up. I like Christ. I don't like Christianity. That should sting a little. But let me interpret that. I like Jesus. What's up with the Christians? That's a very modern translation. But like, do you get that? He's like, I see who Jesus is. <sighs> wow. What the frick is going on over here with the believers? Beholding is becoming. It's like, who are we beholding? Who are, who are we becoming? I don't... I'm praying. That's what I'll say. I'm praying for your life, for my life, for my kids' life, that we would know this Jesus. Guys, Paul prayed in the church of Ephesus, give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Like he recognized the limitations that we have and that it, it, it really is the spirit of God that would reveal Jesus to us. And we're in a day and age and I'm not going to harbor this point because it gets harbored a lot these days. We're like, man, distractions are abundant. But I believe we're in a day and age that the church will burn more than it ever has because it will be people of one thing 
in the midst of many things. There'll be people who will love God and it will be evident because of their devotion to him in the midst of everything trying to pull them away from that. And all we can do as the people of God is sit before God, right? Because from the place of sitting, just like we see in the life of Mary, Jesus is ministering to her. Something's coming off of him. But everything in us will not want to sit. Everything in us will want to reach for something else or do something else. Play the long game, family. Play the long game with him. Don't try to evaluate your quiet time. Try to make sense of it. Just make sure it's a quiet time. That it's actually quiet during that time. One of the most powerful things you can do is grab your phone, squeeze the two buttons, and watch it turn off and go, here I am, God. Open your Bible, here I am. You've heard me say this so many times. If you don't know where to go, go to the Psalms. They're the gentle stream. They're the easy place into the presence. He who comes to God, another Hebrews verse, he who comes to God must believe that he is God and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Isn't that good? If you come to God, believe he is God and believe he's going to reward you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to minister to you. He's going to do something. Sometimes we come to God or even the Bible with no expectation. Come with expectation. Come to encounter him. Come to let him speak to you. Look for a word from heaven as you're reading the word. Pray the word back to him. And if you get hit with a verse, why go on? Just stay. Talk. Pray. Let him minister to you. Instead of just keep moving the thing. The book of Hebrews were Jews who had become Christian. They came out of that that religion. You know, religion is like a treadmill. You run harder, but you don't go anywhere. Gets super tiring real quick. And these Hebrews, which is why our tagline is Jesus is better, is, you know, they had 613 laws that they needed to adhere to. They had the sacrificial system. Someone needs to atone for their sins, you know, and animals need to be killed. They had a Sabbath that you had to take. It wasn't like, oh, maybe we'll take a Sabbath. It's like, you taking Sabbath. And many more things. So when Jesus comes on the scene, the verse is gone, but you, you know what it says. He's literally offering an invitation to take his yoke of relationship and leave the yoke of religion. Right? He's literally saying, come and step into a relationship with me where we can talk now face to face. You don't need a mediator or someone else. Talk with me and leave the yoke behind. You know, many believers don't feel like they're measuring up. You know, and that's a burden. I just want to say, If you have that relationship with God where you feel like I'm never measuring up, that's a burden. And that's a burden he wants to remove off of our lives. Some of us feel like this, like there's the measuring thing. Mark, you want to try to step over this? 
exactly my point. I would have hit him in the crotch, and that's not nice. Go ahead and sit down. (laughs) But guys, do you know this? That the bar, I can't really, you guys can't really see it. It's honestly probably about this low. Just this low. Just maybe a few inches off the ground. And the reason why I say it's a few inches off the ground is because often it's our shortcomings, our sins, our failures, our mistakes that we trip our way into God. Do you know what I mean? Like who tripped their way into God? Okay. All right. They're getting honest, honest, more honest as we go. But you know what I mean by that? Like you've, you've, made mistakes. You botched it. You fumbled the freaking ball. And then God's like, oh, that's actually me. That's actually me now that you're finding in the midst of your fumble, in the midst of your failure and your shortcomings. That's why Psalms 139 says, even darkness is light to you. Guys, we've made the bar so high when the bar's always been so low. Let the children come to me. The guy's on the cross. Can I be with you in paradise? Most definitely. Today you'll be with me in paradise. I mean, the bar was so low. But the world, even people in the church, we think the bar is so high. That our sin is what's separating us from God when God says, I'm in the middle of all that. I'm in the midst of that right now. Most repeated phrase in the Hebrew Bible was Psalms 34, 6. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth. Guys, come on. This is the most repeated verse in the Hebrew scriptures that God is compassionate and gracious, slow. You think you're slow? You don't even know God's slow. Slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth. And the anger, the wrath of God is against the sin and unrighteousness of man, not against man. That's, some, that's the spirit of stupid. This is the God of love. His wrath is against the sin that's hurting us and affecting us, not against people. That's such a twisted gospel. This is good news of great joy that a Savior has been born to us, that there's peace for all. need to be in a church where people say amen. amen. <laughs> Told you I'll do this to you because I preached in these churches before where a bunch of grandmas and grandpas there and they had little things and they said amen on them with a you know popsicle stick and they would lift it. I felt freaking encouraged. I'll tell you straight up those were going up all over as I was preaching. No one said a word the whole time. It was like amen. Amen brother. I was like dude let's go. The Lord is here. <laughs> Guys, our God is not balanced. He's always in favor of mercy and grace. He's compassionate and he's gracious. Guys, we're the ones that turn the goodness of God into like a performance. Well, if I'm doing good and behaving well, then I can have God's goodness. Karma Christianity is like so real, so real. When I'm doing good, God, you do me good. When I'm doing bad, crap, this is why I deserve bad. 
that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's kind to ungrateful and unloving men. The rains on the righteous, the just, the unjust, the like. Like this is, he only knows how to shower his love and his goodness. We're the ones that restrict the love of God in the midst of our sins and failures. But never has God been the one to withhold love. We withhold love. He never withholds his love from us. Thank you, Mike. Somebody. <laughs> I once heard someone say this about religion. Religion is do better, try harder, pedal faster. Do better, try harder, pedal faster. Guys, the treadmill Christianity, it's killing the church. It's killing our vibrancy. It's killing our joy. It's killing our desire to share. Why would I even share Jesus? I'm not even excited about Jesus. But who would get excited about being on a treadmill? Sorry for all you gym rats. Who would get excited with an incline? You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, I'm going somewhere. Or like an escalator coming down, and you're like, oh, I'm going to run up it. Kids love that about two, three times, and they're done. They're like, that's just exhausting. But in the spirit, I think that's how some people live out their Christianity. Constantly running up the escalator, constantly on the treadmill, on the incline. When Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and there's rest for the soul. Can you throw up the message? I love how the message puts this. Are you tired? Heck yeah. Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That is a different way of living. Guys, this is the invitation for us. Those who want to like work with God, walk with God, we're watching how he's doing it. We're learning how he's moving in life. And when you read the Gospels, you see, wow, the way Jesus handled people, it was always gentle. It was always lowly. You know, the only people he had issues with, everyone knows this, right? The religious. Why? Because again, they were putting things on people, burdens and yokes that no one can bear. And he's like, what the heck? That's not cool. Sometimes if you're in church too long, you become an accidental Pharisee. You don't even realize it. You're like, or you get on fire for the Lord about something. You're like, I can't believe everyone else is on fire for the Lord. You know what I mean? Okay, that touched too deep. Oh, right, sorry about that. I thought you guys were going with me in there, but no one went with me. All right. Thank you. Clarify that. Maybe I missed it. Yes. Jesus should be removing burdens, never putting burdens on us. You got the wrong Jesus if burdens are being put on you, not off of you. I went to two churches during my sabbatical, one in Colorado, one in Santa Barbara. Lovely pastors, love pastors to death, lovely churches. But I left with a heavier burden 
from both churches. Do better. Try harder. Run faster. I'm tired. I just came here to worship God. Now I feel like I need to go do things. I'm not measuring up. But why is the church, and man, I hesitate. Jesus is your church. I love God's church. But why aren't we making more of an impact in society? Maybe it has to do with the gospel we have or the Jesus we have. Thank you. I know my daughter knows what's up. I'm going to read you guys something. If we can keep all kids quiet, that'd be great. <laughs> Some churches are so serious. I've been at those pastors are like, nobody leaves. Pinch it off. No one goes to the bathroom. We're preaching. It's like, okay, easy. <laughs> Fire. Um, Hebrews 4.14. Can you imagine Jesus being like, I'm preaching. No one's going to the bathroom right now. Come on. I don't know. All right, 414. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that you may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Guys, when you're doing good, it's easy to hold fast your confession. Talk to me when you're not doing as good. Can you hold fast the confession that he's still gentle with you? That you still have access to him? That his heart is still wide open with you? That's why he's putting these verses here, if you don't understand that, right? He's like, he could, he could deal gently with you. He sympathizes with your weaknesses. He's not put off by them. Don't you wish we grew a lot faster than we do? Thank you, someone over there. It's like, I mean, it's real. And I'm not like advocating, but it's kind of like two steps forward, like one back. That's a good week. Two, three back. What the frick? I thought I was past this. We get so frustrated by our weaknesses when Jesus is sympathizing with them. And he's saying, come boldly. Well, I mean, I've had a good week, so I'm going to come boldly. You know I've been praying. Five of the seven days I spent time with you. <laughs> Here I am. But what happens when you haven't talked to God all week? Or when you've been checked out or distracted by other things? Can you still return boldly to the throne of grace? To receive mercy and grace in time of need? That's how you know if you got the right Jesus and the right gospel. Because religion, again, try harder, man. Run faster. Do more. When I was first uh, pretty young in the Lord, there was this gal. Um, she's probably in her 50s, maybe. I was in my young 20s. Um, she was, a, she was a feisty one. Like, you can tell. She came from the school of hard knocks, you know. She was, like, scary a little. Um, for a new believer. For a new believer. Uh, but she looks at me once. She's like, 
Jason, you know I can tell when guys been looking at porn. I was like, I am not going to look away right now. I am, I'm right here, you know? And she goes, because guys can't look at me. They'll dodge. They'll look to the left or the right. And I was like, I'm going to keep looking at you. <laughs> and I was clean. <laughs> By the grace of God, like, I was clean. I can imagine if I had just checked porn out that week, that would not have been a good week for me. I've been like, I'm a new believer. Wait, my voice. (laughs) Guys, it's hard to keep eye contact in the place of shame and pain. And it's hard to do it with God. But that's the only place we're going to get free again. When we can look back into his eyes and he can show us, I still have the eyes of love for you, compassion for you grace for you, mercy for you, that I don't have the eyes of I'm disappointed about you. Those are the eyes that transform us. Those are the eyes that change us. And if you have different eyes for God, it's really hard to grow. It really is because you always feel like you're not measuring up again. We sometimes think God's like us. Like, You do me wrong, I do you wrong. We think he pulls away, distance himself. But it's the exact opposite. He continues to draw near. He continues to pursue you in the midst of that. Guys, when we blow it, what do we often do? Hide. Not God. We avoid things. We're like, no, God's like right here. I'm not avoiding you. Who, can, who, who, who puts distant in the relationship? It's always us. We, we put distance in this relationship. God's like, I'm right here. I've never gone anywhere. I've always been here for you. First mistake made by humanity, right, in the garden. And what does God do? Adam, where are you? Do you know the game of hide-and-seek got invented in the garden? I just realized that today. I was like, snap, dude, hide-and-seek got invented in the garden. I mean, we made it a little more fun, but like, wow. We were freaking hiding. God was like, I'm seeking. Yo, Adam, where are you at? Because I want to restore you. Not looking to condemn you, not looking to shame you. I mean, who covered Adam and Eve? God. God covered them when they realized they were naked. I've shared before, I'm not going to get into this. I had an open vision with someone who was just like piercing with light. It was ridiculous. But that to me is what happened in the garden. That's why they didn't even realize they were naked, I think. They were so bright. They were like light bulbs. That is extra biblical, so you don't need to like, yo, the pastor said we glow. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying that's what I think. We were glowing. We were light. And as a result, we didn't even know we were naked until darkness came. 
It's hard to let God in when we don't have it together, huh? That means we all qualify. <laughs> oh, some of you have been in church too long. Um, so uh, this week, I'll, I'm going to kind of land this plane here. If the worship team wants to come back up, you can. We're going to go back into a second set, and we're going to just enjoy Jesus. Um, and there's going to be people going to be up here to pray and to minister to you. Uh, but this week, this guy called me. He used to live at the Jesus Burger House probably like 10 years ago. Um, and he's in counseling now. And so um, he, he just needed to confess some things to me from back in the day, um, which, was, which was great, you know. And he confessed, you know, that while he was living in the home, the Jesusburger house, he was masturbating a lot, like a lot. And he's like, I know you probably didn't know about all that, da, da, da. And I'm like, no. But I'm like, you're totally forgiven and totally, like, clean from all that. I don't want you to carry any shame or feeling self-conscious about that. And those were good words over him. But then I either I asked him or he shared, but he's like, I um, can't remember how the conversation went, but it's like, how did you get free, you know? Because he's like, that's not my story anymore. And he says, I was actually in the middle of it, doing it, and in the middle of it, I felt the very love of God come on me. And I heard God say to me in the midst of masturbating, I love you. I love you. Guys, learning to receive the love of God when we're not doing well, that will change everything. Everything. This movement has put out so many songs. One's a lot we haven't, you know, released even that I've heard. Um, but they're going to play one of our songs that has always just wrecked me, you know. And the lyrics, I know most of you know it, but you met me in the middle of my mess, and you said I love you, and you said I love you. Wave after wave, wave after wave, mercy and grace washing over me. So, hey, you guys been sitting for a while. Let's just stand. And when the song starts, if you want to sit back down, that's okay. Uh, but let's just start with standing, okay? Father, we just say thank you. God, thank you for your spirit. God, thank you that when you wanted us to understand your heart, you brought it down to the most simplest terms. You're gentle and you're lowly of heart. And there's rest today for our souls So just hold out your hands, just as an act of faith. I always just love like this place of like, I'm not holding on to something, right? I'm not white knuckling this. You're just allowing God to say, God, I'm here. I'm available. You know me. You know everything that's happened this week, the season I'm in. But God, I just welcome your presence. I do, God. I welcome your presence right now. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for every, just every time you have revealed Jesus to me 
every time you've reminded me of him. We just say thank you for that. God, I pray this season, God, that we would all just know you. God, we would just know you a little bit more. You just reveal yourself a little bit more. And let it, let it compel us to love. Let us look at the things around us and be like, man, it's rubbish that I may know him. Give us passion for this man, Holy Spirit, that we would know Jesus as a church community. Just increase our longing, increase our desire for more of you, God. It takes you to love you. So we just say, would you do it? God, would you do it? Would you free us as a church from religion, from pharisaical thinking about you and one another, even ourselves? That you just remove the bar, God, that we've had so high, even in our own life. How could you give away what you haven't been given? So God, just lower the bar. God, lower the bar in our life that we would know its, its entrance into your heart is wide open. God, there's nothing we need to hop through or do today. There's no penalty box we need to put ourselves in for a few days. We just can return back to you. You've always been the prodigal father that said, I'll run, I'll run. You just turn and I'm coming. So we just say, thank you, thank you, God, for being who you are. And God, I just, last thing I want to ask, God, that you would teach us as a family how to receive in weakness. God, how not to despise our immature love for you. But God, just teach us how to, how to receive in the place where we don't have it all together.